Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the UJ Sports Live podcast. My name is Ronnie DeBolsey. I'm joined by former Georgia head coach Jim Donnan, the main reason you're all here to watch the show, and some other guy named Dane uh, Young that will kind of just – we have to let him on the show or else we can't do the show. So if you, if you don't have a good producer, then you're, you're kind of out of luck. So he's uh, muscled his way into the show despite our uh, – I keep coming back and it just keeps working out, right? Like that that's the son of a good employee. But I did, to give uh a coach to give Danish props. He has spent the last few days out there with the rest of us schlubs uh going to uh going to interviews, watching the uh talking to the coaches and such, and then actually getting to see some of practice. So I don't know if you talked to Kirby or who talked to Kirby, but this year we've actually been able to see a few minutes of practice. And I must say that as much as I give him hell about not letting us see a public university football team practice, I will say that he has been good about uh, at least three, I guess three days out of the last six, we've gotten to watch 10, 15 minutes of practice. Now, granted, it's just position drills mostly, but today was a little bit more interesting because we got to see some of the one-on-ones. I got to watch Oscar Delp go up against um, uh, CJ Madden and stuff like that. You know, got to see some freshmen out there like Rion Davis going up against uh, Andrew Paul, trying to keep him in pass protection. Granted, it's not they were in pads today for the first time, so uh, it was kind of fun to watch. But Dane, being that you're the technical guru and coach, you can weigh in here as uh, our uh, elder statesman. Uh, Dane, kind of give me some of the thoughts that stood out to you, because the first thing everybody's going to want to know, and <laughs> we saw that in the press conference today, who's standing out, who's making a name, who who. Who, who's bringing the heat? And I will say that uh, Glenn Schumann twice told me today, he's like, today's our first day in practice, in pads. Slow down. So uh, give me your take, if you would, on some guys that maybe stood out to you. Yeah, you know, I've been doing so many of these shows that, like, I haven't stood beside a lot of these players in a long time. And so I've just been a little bit surprised, mainly about how big some of these guys are. I didn't realize Robert Beal is the size that he is. Now, his age shows. Uh, it, it makes sense why he would be one of the bigger guys on the defensive front. Uh, Dara Smith is a true freshman. I think we've all looked at him and said, that frame is special. And if he can do the work that he needs to do in the next year or two, sky's the limit for a kid like him. Uh, otherwise, you know, A.D. Mitchell's a little taller than I thought. Um, Georgia's just a big and fast team. Like when Coach keeps saying <laughs> the, the off-the-bus mentality, like when you look at this team coming onto the field, they look like a team that can compete for a championship again. Yeah, I want to go back to Coach. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but when I saw in my notes today, I, I wrote uh, my practice observations. We had four other writers put in their practice observations. And in my notes, I wrote down when I saw – I went to watch the tight ends. wrote down Darnell uh, Washington is the size of an offensive tackle. I mean, he's not thick like one, but Coach, he, it, he towers over everybody else. And he's got the arms. I mean, it had – 30 pounds to him, and that guy lines up at tackle in the NFL. Am I wrong? Yeah, I don't think he wants to hear that, but he could. I mean, you know, because he's a tight end. But uh, there's there's no question we have a tremendous size and uh, on both sides of the line of scrimmage and a lot of speed. Uh, I think the number one thing that I got out of today, which I wasn't over there to watch practice, I had to go over to uh, – do a couple things in the training room, but you know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. And 21 of them had scouts here today. Uh, I mean, those guys aren't making their living 
just screwing around. The fact that they had 21 teams represented the first day we had in pads is pretty damn salient. Yeah. To show you what kind of team we have personnel-wise. And usually what happens, they come they come for an initial look-see, then they'll tell some of their other people about them, then they'll come back and get a mid-year, and then they'll have some people watch the games. But uh, Georgia's going to be a stopping place for any pro team from now on around. And uh, I had a chance to talk to Scott Pioli, who – I have an existing relationship because he's married to Bill Parcell's daughter, Dallas, who used to go on vacations with us. And uh, uh, he was talking about the uh, – he's working for the NFL Network now. He, he was a general manager of uh, – help with the Falcons and with the – he worked for Belichick for 17 years. And he said, Coach – George's practice, this is a straight-out quote now. George's practice is the gold standard for college football right now for evaluation. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, what else can you say after that? (laughs) And and we've got Green Bay guy saying similar, said, you know, we got the draft. When we had the draft uh, and we took wide and uh, Quay Walker and took – you know, last year took Stokes. He said, you know that these guys know how to train to be in the NFL. Now, we don't might, might not have quite as many first-round draft choices this year, but the, the idea is these guys are getting developed. Whoever came up with the idea that Kirby Smart and our staff couldn't develop, that's got to be the most ridiculous statement that anybody's made lately. And uh, Alabama, Florida, Clemson, anybody that recruits against them tried that line, Coach. Well – it's not the right one right now. But, you know, when you're in a rebuilding year like Alabama, they have to see you something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I love but it. But anyhow, uh, I think I think the one thing that's that we've talked about since Kirby had the uh, SEC media day is the competition level is what you need. I mean, you got to be able – to go against players that you're going to see on Saturday and you got to get better at, at being able to uh, play your role and uh, to develop your craft. And something I heard Kirby say early on in fall camp, which I used to always tell our team when we were playing against really good teams early, sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't, but we've got a good t- opponent in all against Auburn, excuse me, Oregon. I get Bo Nick's, because he played at Auburn, but uh, you've got to be ready to play a four-quarter game just in case you have to. And so many of these teams aren't ready that first game. They come out with a lot of emotion and they play hard and all, but they don't have the conditioning. And last year you saw us win that Clemson game in the fourth quarter with a tremendous drive to take care of the football. And, we, you know, that that's something you can point out. We were ready to play. Now, they're probably in shape too, but we took the fight to them and – uh, it wasn't a pretty game, but we won that game with conditioning as much as anything else. The same thing with the Alabama game in the fourth quarter at the end of the year. So when it's getting hot out there and you're talking about, well, we're just going to do special teams now, or we're just going to do seven on seven, or we're going to, you got to fight through every little, every little nook and cranny of practice and, and get yourself ready. And if you don't out there at Georgia, you're going to be left in the shuffle. Because there's going to be somebody waiting that wants your position. And 
uh, you mentioned some of these younger guys. I think where they're going to really surface right now to get on the field is special teams. A guy like Chris Smith with his kind of reminds you looking on the hoof like, uh, you know, like Walker did when he was a freshman. He was on the kickoff team. And, you know, things like that give you a chance to get in the heat of battle and get some, you know, some some kind of the cobwebs off and get, get used to it. And then when you get a chance to go in and some mop-up rolls, you're ready to go. What I've been doing when I've been out there, Roddy, is I, I look around and I see – could Georgia's sixth receiver be counted on in a crucial situation in an SEC game? Could Georgia's fifth defensive end be someone that makes a difference? Because I looked at Georgia-Alabama in the national championship game, and even SEC as well, it was a, as much as talent, like top-end talent is always going to win if they're out there. But you have to have depth for when these injuries happen. And the way that college football is changing, they're only going to add more games. Yeah, or they're only going to play tough for opponents. You see, in that game, Alabama had two second-team corners, and it hurt them. Uh, you know, had some second-team receivers. We had, we were playing without Adam Anderson, and it hurt us. I mean, it's just different. But uh, you've got to develop depth, and you got to be able to uh, use that depth uh, accordingly. But I, I will say this: that the one thing that I feel good about our team, and I told a couple people this. I think Roddy and I, when he was taking me to a doctor the other day, uh, I feel like when a when a team has one area that might be a little bit stronger than the other, like last year our defense, you know, our offense knew that if, if we could get some points on the board, it's going to be hard for people to score on our defense, nation's leading defense against the score. The same thing's going to be true. We averaged, I don't know how many points last year, Brent Rollins was talking about we're going to have more offense this year production-wise. So our defense is going to be playing out there when, our, when they don't have to shut people down cold. They, they're going to have a lot of help, and we're going to have a tremendous special teams a return game. I, I see some of these guys catching punts and, and uh, kickoffs and really got to burst to hit that first gash. You know, if you can get through that first gash, then it's one on one with somebody. So, uh, and we got to temper this enthusiasm with a little realism. I mean, hey, I got some realism coming. It's twelve. There's twelve. <laughs> you know, twelve game schedule. Things can happen and all that. But you got a veteran quarterback. You got three of the top ten players in the country in Walker, Ringo, and uh, Bowers. I mean, uh, Carter. I want Walker to come back too. I mean, he looked so good the other night. Uh, but you got. And that's another guy. I keep talking about him. I saw him hit the sled the first day out there, and I really felt sorry for the sled. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this jacket now. I mean, you know, people will hit that sled and it'll go up, but it, it just sounds like it's getting ready to break. You know, You're saying like, Ron Corson went to go treat the sled after? No, I mean, I'm just telling you that that sled does not want to see 88. It is a, it is a, and neither do any of the offensive linemen. You just don't want to see the guy. He's a, it's like trying to block a Buick coach. He's a, he's a stud. Just, I mean, if there's ever been a stud lined up here, he is one, and he, he's a force. And that forcing unit behind him has got some really top end speed. I mean, there's some flat out flyers back there that can run to the football. So we're going to be, 
you know, you can find a lot of things wrong with any team, that's for sure at this point. But I like our competitiveness. I like our togetherness. I like the fact they got a chip on their shoulder wanting everybody, you know, everybody's kind of national media is kind of just pushing us to the side, you know. Uh, we'll go play Ohio State. We'll go play Alabama. We'll play them. You're talking about playing, and you said to temper some of that uh, enthusiasm or optimism. I'm going to temper that with some uh, few uh, bits from our notes today. So, folks who are not members of UGASports.com, you're going to get a, a rare insight into some of the stuff that we were able to see out there. Normally, this is only behind the paywall of UGASports.com, but I'm going to go through some of it here. While you do that, I'm going to like quickly scroll through. I'm not going to leave it on the page. People can see. I just want people to see the quantity of notes, and this has been every – media session at practice right now so you do that i'm going to show people what it looks like so then they can go subscribe some garbage stuff y'all are talking here about bad about the dogs well not bad stuff but just some things uh i wanted uh, my point is kirby smart is not i mean they 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 look like they could play oregon tomorrow to my untrained eye but when you hear have kirby on that headset and you hear some of the stuff he's been calling out well he does that for y'all out there he not that's show well, I'm going to mention it anyway, so you can just uh, relax for a second because he said uh, he called out Kyrus Jackson. Good job, Kyrus. Good job. But then one of his stars, he's like, what am I looking at, Nolan Smith? He didn't say no. He just calls him Nolan. He calls everybody by their hey, name. going to fire Nolan Smith then. That's, <laughs> okay, let's like, get his ass out of here. Yeah, what am I looking at? He goes, quality reps. Nolan, quality reps. He, so, he's, in other words, he's pushing everybody. He's like, uh, come on, get your big dollars to do it. That's what he does, man. Y'all react to everything he says. Shit, fuck. I'm just trying to share, Coach. All right, share it then. What else did he say? <laughs> they said uh, he, he got after Malachi trying to help him. He's like, why are you chasing him in there? So the uh, techniques of, you know, where, where are you going here on that play? Uh, uh, Uzo Derebe. Did wow. Nick Saban and them do that at all? Everybody does, Coach. That's the whole point. Uh, Let me hear it then. I'm, I'm, I'm taking your thunder. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, he was going after uh, – he congratulated Darian Smith on a long pass. You know, it was like, good job there. And he's like, good job, JB, going after Javon Bullard, telling him good job on stuff he did. But then he's busting some other guys like uh, Darnell and Arik, uh, Just So if you do good, Kirby sees it. If you do bad, Kirby sees it. So the, the motivation, you can't go out there and coast. I mean, if Jalen Carter slacks off, he's going to hear about it from Kirby. But at the same time, uh, if uh, you do well – Kirby's going to call you out where everybody can hear it. So Yeah, he doesn't play favorites. That's right. No, that, I guess that's the point. And he, there's no – nobody's made it, you know. I mean, even though – I never heard him ever say anything to Jalen, though. He don't make him bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, so, I, I think the line that he said that to me – I saw me, a player one time at a practice when I was doing TV, pick up a coach. Mm. And, the, and the coach is – Put me down. Put me down. <laughs> <laughs> he coach was getting on him, and he just grabbed him. He said, put me down, Calvin. Put me down. Roddy, I think what you're getting at, though, is just like kind of hearing some of the motivational techniques. Not that a lot of these guys need a lot of that, but like it's a long camp. And so what are coaches saying to keep guys focused? And my favorite one that I heard as I've been around practices was reminding them that on special teams drills – that in the NFL, a minimum contract is $705,000 for the upcoming season. So if you do well at special teams, you can go make minimum $705,000 in a year. Like, I think that's a really cool technique to use. I'm sure others do it too, but I haven't heard that before. No, he does. That, that was a good one. I liked uh, 
getting after everybody. But if you list, were to listen to Kirby, kind of the overall, because he's a coach. So, again, no one's made it. And if you're out there for 15 minutes, you're like, these guys will never beat anybody. They're, they're, they're terrible. There's some good plays here and there, but Kirby's just mad at everybody. But then come to find out, it's like, oh, well, he is. When you look at it in the overall, it's like, oh, well, he did congratulate Arian Smith here for that touchdown catch. He did. He ripped Eric Arik Gilbert for uh, not running after a catch, but on the next play when the guy scored a touchdown, he shouted him out. So uh, they look to the, like I say, the untrained eye, like they could beat anybody, but at the same time, I mean, it's five days in. So I'm with you, coach, that there's a huge amount of optimism, but because they're, we're, we're watching them against air. Everybody looks good against air. Kirby sees what they're doing wrong and lets everybody know. You got to feed the, the uh, fans and let them hear it. But uh, I'm, I'm not a real big proponent of the microphone, but. Uh, and it helps us because we don't know what's going on out there half the time. Coaches like it because it reaches everybody and it, uh, yeah. Kirby seems to have a good feel for it. So the only thing I don't like about it is sometimes guys don't need to know why somebody's making a mistake. It's just between the coach and the, but the whole, anything that happens, including the people up on the, on Lumpkin know what happens every time things are going on here. That's true. You could sit outside the uh, Coliseum and catch a lot of notes sometimes. Uh, I kind of want to go through some of the guys that stood out uh, earlier today. You mentioned uh, uh, Dara Smith. Kid looks fantastic. Just tall. Uh, Noah Smith looks ridiculous. Yeah, just really in shape. Coach, Marvel, for an ed, coach, for an edge rusher, is there a, a height that you want? Because it seems yeah. like a lot of these guys have been taller in recent years. Yeah, he, he's going to be – he got long arms and swim technique. I think he, he's going to be special teams. I, I just don't see – he's got too many people ahead of him. I mean, uh, among which are Marvin Jones. Uh, I was just about to mention him. Marvin's – Ahead of him, and uh, Chris, he he can definitely Darius Smith be a big special teams guy, and he might come after you know a couple more days. He might move on up on that, but uh, I tell you the the real deal is Monday on Sun. Excuse me, Saturday would be the first scrimmage, and it'll be a real telltale sign of where we are and where we got to go from there. You know, I mean, it's the first time you've seen these guys eleven on eleven putting guys on the ground. Uh, they've been playing thud, which is the rules. You can't put guys on the ground now. Uh, so that'll be that. And then next Saturday, the 20th, they'll have the last scrimmage. And then the next one will be a kind of a dress rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Marvin Jones Jr. coach today out there being practice six, I believe. Kind of looked a little bit lost, but uh, C.J. Madden looked like he knew what he was doing. Again, this is just – they're going through drills of some of these guys haven't seen before. Yeah, but he looks amazing. You, you know, should be a little lost because the yeah. guy's never been on a college campus till, you know, June first. So I mean, it's different. But he, he definitely, if you're gonna get lost, he'd be a guy you'd want to be found with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he'll be he's gonna be found quick enough. Uh, we got to watch the. I mentioned Nolan Smith and um, uh, Darnell Washington going head to head. Nolan Smith almost had an interception. It, it went through his hands. He played the coverage fantastically and had uh, 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 Darnell Washington dead to rights, jumped in front of him, stepped in front of him. The ball went through his hands. He laughed it. I mean, he was mad that he dropped it, but he's, he kind of laughed, and uh, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, that, that's a good call there by you. But here's the thing, and I'm devil's advocate. 
if you can't cover a guy in a drill like that, you sure as hell ain't going to cover him in the game on 11 on 11. He knows what he's going to do. It's a pass drill. He's dropping in the coverage, and he better be able to cover him because yeah. they're the only three people out on the field, the quarterback, the tight end, and the defensive end, you know? Well, this drill That's had a, a, uh, an inside linebacker and a running back coach, and so they didn't know which one was going out and which one was staying home. Yeah, but – But it, you know instantly pretty much, you know, but – but his job is to cover the tight end regardless yeah. of where it goes. Well, regardless of what he does, exactly. And the linebacker is to cover the back. But yeah. So but, he, he did a good job with it, that's for sure. He did. Then then on the next play, he I felt bad for Oscar Delp because Oscar Delp had to block him from trying to get to Gunnar Stockton. And Oscar, Oscar Delp did not uh, succeed in blocking him to yeah. uh, getting through there. Uh, but I want to give you a shout-out. You mentioned Jalen Walker a bunch of times, Coach. Uh, Branson Robinson, the uh, freshman uh, running back, was in there trying to block him to get to the quarterback, and that linebacker just – Walker just tore right through him. I mean, that yeah. kid is fast. I, I can see him and Mikel Williams and Everett just being three freshmen get out there real quick. And I'll uh, give a little uh, shout-out to uh, poor C.J. Madden. He was having a tough time going up against Brock Bowers. But uh, – because Brock wouldn't? was blocking pretty good, but uh, – uh, I'll give Madden some credit on some of the other uh, uh, reps. He did really well. Um, so the point being, there's a lot of stuff like that. We have kind of the blow by blow and the details there. Yeah, that's uh, good. So there's a fun, a lot of fun stuff like that you folks can check out. But uh, I, wish, uh, I wish Brock Bauer's mother would just call him home and say, look, you need to come home for a couple of weeks and <laughs> meet us at the, Auburn, at the Oregon game. God, <laughs> that guy's so intent. I mean – he plays every down like it's – so, I mean, I, I know he's not going to get hurt, but it's just – if it, is anybody ready to play, that guy is ready. He is. Uh, he, he, and Carter, he and Carter and Ringo go yeah. play tomorrow. Exactly. So, those are guys I see when, you know, I'm like, they, they could play tomorrow, but then Kirby's over there, hey, you messed up on this. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So well, they're going to the mess one. up in games too. They're not going to be perfect, and Kirby yeah. wants them to get better in, in every way he can. Yeah, but, I mean, you're always getting challenged out there. That's when you guys are getting to hear that. That's good. Yeah, so it does bring it home a lot. Challenging y'all to be in better shape when you're walking out there. Jeez, no. You're talking about I pick on this team, coach. All the, the even the punters and kickers are yoked. So, really? Oh, you thought Leslie was yoked? Of course, he's 200 yards away. We don't get to see them when they're out there. But uh, I'll say Brett Seether. That kid's even put on some weight. And uh, uh, Stetson. Stetson's got guns now. You know, he's all uh, muscled up. George Bobo today. Uh, Mike's dad. He's over here. And uh, Drew's playing center now. He moved him to center, and he's going to do a good job there. Uh, Mike's son. But uh, he was talking about when he was in the night when Stetson was in the ninth grade. He came over to Furman's camp. Bobby Lamb was a coach. And uh, he said that uh, it's the first time he ever saw Stetson. And he uh, said he just knew right then the guy was a quarterback. And uh, he was helping him do some drills and stuff. And uh, amazing how it's kind of the way it's all evolved. Now Mike's here and George's watching, watching practice. But uh, that was pretty cool. That was uh, Mike was uh, watching the tight ends today. So Todd Harley was coaching tight ends, and Mike was sitting there with that Mike Bobo look, you know, just 
taking notes, and I'm sure that uh, when the two of them walk off, he's an analyst. He can't really coach. That's what I'm saying. He was just watching. But I'm when they get off the field, I'm sure he's gonna be like, "Hey, Todd, here's my notes." <laughs> so. He's Mike's gonna be sim, similar thing to what Will was doing until he ended up coaching last year. Exactly. Uh, that was uh, pretty impressive. Uh, we we were able to speak to two defensive coordinators today, and we'll, we got some clips from that. But before we get there, I want to mention our friends over at uh, Dead Soxie. Uh, one of our premier uh, podcast sponsors. I didn't mention sponsor when we first started, but I want to mention them now uh, because we're less than four weeks away from kickoff. So you're going to go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You're going to be taking on Oregon. Georgia's going to wear red. Oregon's going to wear green. We reported that on the board because a lot of people were questioning, having questions about it. They thought Georgia might be wearing white. They're wearing red. So you're going to have these red and green, some Christmassy colors, but – if you don't want to look terrible, then you need to buy some dead socks. He socks. Get the Georgia style. Get the uh, yeah. Get the, or get the championship ones from our friends over at the Seven Six Apparel. They partnered with uh, Dead Socksy to create some Georgia uh, championship socks. But if you go to just that, you know, DeadSoxy.com, they have fantastic socks from Georgia uh, for LSU fans, for Alabama fans, for Ole Miss fans. So check them out when you get a chance. But also the 7 Six partnering up with them is pretty good. And you can partner up with them too if you have a business. If we wanted to have some UGA sports socks, we could get that put on the uh, on a, a fantastic sock that we could give away. So maybe we'll do that for our next promotion. But they're really comfortable socks. They feel great. Uh, they even got retros. Look at those retros. Those are pretty good. And I also mention our friends over at Academic Brewing Company, mainly because they need help. They have full and part-time openings uh, for all the back-of-house positions. They had some for the front-of-house positions. In other words, they are growing, and they are they need, they're doing more and more stuff. Great pay out there. I've seen some of the stuff they're offering. Uh, it's pretty sharp. So check out our friends at Academic Brewing Company if you need a job. And also, they have some new beers out there, especially uh, the one I like called Lumberjacked. It's got this giant lumberjack on the front. It's a new bro, uh, collaboration with our friends at Lumberjacks. Uh, it's a sweet cherry limey blonde ale. It has a taste of uh, vanilla and hits like an absolute bullseye. So uh, it's 5.4 alcohol by volume. So uh, pretty pretty fun uh, drink there. Try it when you get a chance. But that's Lumberjacked from Academia Brewing Company. And, of course, uh, it's uh, Tuesday night, so they're going through their uh, Trivia Tuesdays. It's, there'll be Wine Wednesdays, live music on Thursdays, and, of course, the uh, – uh, beer and biscuit brunch coming this weekend. So check out Academia Brewing Company when you get a chance. All right, so we spoke to two uh, defensive coordinators today. It was We didn't know exactly who we were going to get. I'd heard that it would be Glenn Schumann today. We got Glenn Schumann. Great to hear from him. The surprise was when they brought out Will Muschamp right after him. So it was kind of a somewhat a surprise and a true surprise. So, uh, Dane, you want to set those up for us? Yeah, so what I want to do first is we'll start with Glenn Schumann because – Coach, I know you have, you like to get into the weeds here of how Georgia does things and philosophies. And he got a question about Georgia's star position and how it uses it and how that correlates to inside linebacker. And I thought his answer was pretty salient. Well, I think if you watch us play in nickel, if you look at what our, our star is, our star is really a, a slot corner, which is really how most of the uh, you know National Football League plays their, their nickels. So I think we're asking them to be inside linebackers, right? Which in today's day and age of football isn't really a box linebacker anymore. It's an off-ball linebacker. So the whole room knows that in order to be successful, you have to be able to blitz, you have to be able to cover, you have to be able to play in space. 
right? All, all those factors, traits that in the old school days of 4-3 football, you would say, oh, that's what an outside linebacker does, right? That's basically what you're asking from the whole room. All right, Coach, explain that to me, what that means and how it's changed. You know, what we're seeing now, instead of conventional tight end, flanker, wide receiver, now you're looking at two wides, a tight end, and another wide. So uh, somebody's got to cover that slot receiver, and the uh, whether it's two by two or three by one. So it's hard for a linebacker to do that uh, and still play the run. Uh, so you usually put in a, an extra defensive back. So – uh, instead of the, the star being a Sam backer, like a strong side backer, like a Leonard Floyd or somebody like that, you put in a William Poole, who is a fifth defensive back. And that's why they call it the star position, because you can be a you can be a safety or you can be a linebacker. And the idea is uh, if it's conventional offense where the need to be worried about the run like a lot a lot of these teams first down then you might have a linebacker in there but but now i would say we're 80 percent with a secondary guy in there most of the time just provides versatility then right you got to be able to which you mentioned blitz you know at the last second you just line up and look like you're going to play coverage and then you come off the edge and then the end drops off into that position maybe or or the free safety comes over and plays man on that slot. So uh, there's all kind of coverages you can run with a defensive back in there that you couldn't with a, maybe a linebacker because they, they're just not used to going deep with those guys. And you see, uh, for instance, Alabama, when they lost to Ohio State uh, in the, when they played in the Sugar Bowl, uh, beside having a great running back in Ezekiel Elliott, they wore Alabama out in the slot receiver situation. I mean, they didn't have a guy physically good enough to cover all the slot backs that Ohio State had. And from that point on, Kirby and uh, Nick and all the staff, they studied Ohio State and talked to them about how they attacked them. And that's when they made that really big move to having the extra defensive back. That's a little history lesson for you. I didn't know that. I, was, I wonder when it became so important to have that uh, star guy there because it seems like George is in that uh, uh, has that star out there all the time. And I, I remember his big news when they started moving uh, Adam Anderson over to that. You know, like wow. Well, the thing that Adam, can do, Adam, Adam was with his long arms could contain the guy and get his hands on him and disrupt him enough so he could fit, feed him off onto the safety. But if you don't engage that guy and he's down on the safety, then you got a fast break like basketball. And then the other position, which when they go to diamonds, they call it the money position. I don't know how that jargon got there, but that would be taking the weak side linebacker out of the game and putting the other defensive back in to have six defensive backs in and uh, one linebacker. Well, we're going to stick with Glenn Schumann here because Georgia fans haven't heard a lot from him since he's been in Georgia, and he was Kirby Smart's first hire. So I think people kind of want to hear what he has to say. Schumann was asked, do you have desires to be a head coach? Most every assistant says yes, but here's how he said yes. The thing I tried to do when I was a GA 
right, is always think about how I can be the best GA and whatever that was. And then it ended up being something where I became, you know, a slightly higher role, still support staff. And then I just tried to do that job the best I could. And so I've done that since I've been here. And I really try not to be like too forward thinking. There's times and places for that. But ultimately, people don't, you know, that quote that Coach Smart had last year before training camp about, you know, success coming to those who are too busy to be looking for it. It's a very real quote. I'd say so because it worked out for Dan Lanning. Yeah, and, you know, it's pretty obvious there that uh, Glenn's good on his feet, very intelligent. His dad was a tremendous coach. He worked with Mike Cavan and Chris Silpo, two coaches that everybody in Georgia knows about. Uh, he was with Mike at East Tennessee uh, with uh, Coach Silpo at uh, Tulane and, uh, and various other places, uh, UAB. Very uh, outstanding coach, and he grew up uh, as a young uh, man watching his dad coach and learned a lot about it. And you've got Muschamp's dad was a coach, Bobo's was a coach, uh, uh, Coach Smart's dad was a coach. So, I mean, it's been in their family for a long time. I want to wish a happy birthday to the head coach today, Mary Beth Smart. Happy birthday. Uh, that's that's awesome. And uh, from a sad perspective uh one of our big vent supporters frank fowler down in uh, hilton head lost his wife today after a long battle with uh, illness and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with frank he's a good supporter he's always calling up my friend nelson bowers and telling me telling him what he hears that roddy and you guys report and then nelson calls me and asks me if it's true and i say no <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever know what's true or not. You guys got all the scoop, but uh, we're, we're uh, we got so many good supporters like Frank, and uh, just want everybody to know. I mean, Frank would know we're thinking about. Him. That's tough. Our condolences to Frank and his family. That's just brutal. And then Dane, you know, you've um, had a couple other uh, comments here, but I want to give a quick take on uh, Glenn Schumann. It was tough to hear him today. His voice was wore out. And the first thing he did was apologize for his voice because he had just a day five of camp. <laughs> it's just he's been he's been yelling and he doesn't get to he didn't get the microphone like Kirby. No, no. But then Will Muschamp came on and we had Will Muschamp. Will's fine. But the funny thing is, I don't hear Glenn Schumann screaming a whole lot. But I hear Will Muschamp for my Will Muschamp missed his calling as a drill sergeant because that guy's voice just cuts through the air and he was Coach Boom. That's his name, Coach Boom. <laughs> he uh, was getting on to one of the uh, freshman defensive backs, you know, who was having a hard time, and I won't even get into why. But that is, uh, I will say, I, I started talking about uh, Uzo Deribe earlier, and Coach, I will say that there's a lot of new faces out there, but everything we're hearing about Fran Brown has been incredibly optimistic, not only from a recruiting standpoint, but from how uh, even Will Muschamp and uh, – uh, Coach Schumann talked about him. Watching Uzo Deribe coach the uh, outside linebackers has been impressive from a technique standpoint. And hearing how Will Muschamp, who's been so successful as you know as a head coach and as a defensive coordinator, my point being, you mentioned the, the development of these players. They're not just out there yelling at these guys to move around, go fast, or stuff like that. There is this week has been an absolute masterclass when it comes to learning techniques. Right. Reasons, uh, instruction, why you do this. I mean, they had uh, 
Brian McClendon was jumping on. They had a trips formation, and he just did not like the way that those uh, wide receivers were lined up. And he goes over there and moves them around. And like, this is how you yeah, line up. You know, real distinct, good stuff. Distinct place. That half yard can make a difference in the separation of the zone by your alignment. But I, I think the, was serious. the he, advantage. It was life and death. The advantage our younger coaches have is the experience that Kirby and Muschamp bring to the table as far as uh, practice organization, drills to help complement you, learning the total defense, uh, Scott being with uh, Kirby now for four years and knowing what the, how the front meshes with the coverages and, uh, you know, that continuity helps us. And then bringing in some new ideas with Fran and the, and the secondary on technique. So uh, I thought both Muschamp and uh, Schumann did a good job of explaining that uh, even though they're in more of a demonstrative role of being the coordinators, their, their job is to coach the coaches too within the scheme and it's collaborative uh, effort. All of them uh, having ideas, studying the tape, what's the best way to rush the pass, what's their best rushes here. And the way you break down the uh, game plan, certain coaches have – different elements uh, like one guy might be responsible for uh, second down rushes, another one for, and they'll study all second downs. And then when they all get in there, they bring it together and then talk about it because the coordinator can watch every down and distance and then bring it. All he's going to do is look at everything and then put it all together after they suggest it. So, but each guy is kind of like, you know, putting that together a, uh, lesson plan for a teacher they got to have all these different things and and then kirby's looking at the at the whole shooting match offense and defense how it's going to blend together and you do the same thing with monk and he'll he'll maybe give uh coach mcgee he'll have short yardage uh coach uh serves my goal line uh third down passes might be uh coach um um, Brian McClendon. It's all based Hartley have something else, but you bring the ideas together and then and it's up to coach to call them based on what they think the defense is going to be in. Those, those guys are studying those down and distance tendencies. You know, it's not just a crapshoot. What are they going to be in? You, the percentage yeah. of them being in this is that, but they'll change it up. But it, that's why everybody's making 800000 I mean, <laughs> Yeah, true. Muschamp also talked about how important it is to have players that are leaders that step up and offer the instruction to the younger guys because that just hits differently rather than when a coach does it. Here's Muschamp. An older player sit down with a younger player. That's vitally important for your progress and development of a young player. And, and you know, I saw it last night. Billy Poole grabs Marcus Washington, and I'm trying to explain something to Marcus and Billy. He goes, Coach, I got it. You know, which Bill Poole graduated two days ago. So that's a heck of a deal, too. But you know, the, when you see those sort of things, uh, again, they get tired of Coach Muschamp sometimes, but they'll listen to a peer. And, and that's really, really important to have as you kind of continue to work your way in the program and, and the culture that you create. And, and again, I, again, I, I credit Coach Martin and staff for that. Yeah, I'm glad to see that. Uh, one of the best things I always tell every player is you're going to get quality reps yourself, but also watch the rep of the guy in front of you and, and coach coach him up. What is he doing right and what is he doing wrong and what can I do that he did that's going to help me and what am I going to do that he didn't do right to make sure I don't do that myself. So 
uh, it's a copycat deal. And the more technique you can learn, the better you're going to be because uh, you, you're going to go against very athletic players in this league. I mean, even the worst teams have good athletes, but proper technique gets you by there. It's just why some boxers win and others don't. I mean, they, they got technique. And uh, so I think knowledge of assignment, proper technique, I'll, I'll say that till I go to my grave. If you know what you're doing when you go to the line, a confused player can't play. You go, you know what you're going to do, and then you know the technique you're going to use. You got a chance, but sometimes you might get out athleted, though. I mean, the guy's a better athlete than you, but there's no reason for you not to know what, exactly what to do. Yep, and how to do it. Uh, good to see uh, uh, William Poole graduating. Guy's been around a good time. Guy's Billy Poole. I never heard Billy. <laughs> yeah, I heard him. That's a new name there, Billy Poole. I wonder if he's any kin to Bumper Poole. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, as many tackles as Bumper did, that'd be great. Uh, but shout out to him and good job taking uh, young Mr. Washington under the wing there to right. get, him out, get him out underneath uh, Coach Boom, who was chewing his butt the other day, just like he does everybody. So, hey, like, but hey, I'll, I'll yell at him this time. You leave him alone for a minute. Yeah, I think uh, you got to get their attention, that's for sure. Yeah. So just think about forward. this though. When when a guy goes into a room with Will Muschamp, I mean, here's a guy that's been on national championship teams as a coordinator, uh, been a head coach in the SEC. Uh, he just he's got a lot of firepower there, and you, you know when he's like EF Hutton when he's talking, he's he's, he's making a lot of good sense, and uh, and he he really has seen about everything. I mean, yeah, and you couple that with Kirby, who same. I don't think you could ever have two more experienced secondary guys on any staff, college or pro. Well, and with that experience, Muschamp was asked about Glenn Schumann's role as co-defensive coordinator, I think is what it is. He also didn't really care about the title. He kind of joked about that. Said, I've been called a lot of things, just saying I don't really acknowledge what my title is either. Here's what Muschamp had to say about Schumann and what, he and Kirby Smart have built in terms of stability at Georgia. Glenn's promotion, in my opinion, is very well deserved. He's an outstanding football coach. He's extremely bright. Um, he has a great rapport with his players. Uh, you know, and you really look at the, you know, Coach Smart's going in the seventh season here at Georgia. You know, the two longest tenured coaches would probably are Glenn and, and Dell McGee. And you really look over those seven years, consistency of their position groups probably is the best uh, th that's been here in those seven years. I no agree that. <laughs> running back. I mean, uh, I saw ESPN come out and deal with he called George the linebacker you. Uh, and you just look at the guys we put out. And Lynn's had a lot to do with recruiting those guys. And uh, But from a standpoint of uh, titles, uh, we're not big on titles, but to justify the salaries, uh, it, it's easier to do that, to pay – that kind of salary if a guy's got a title like that like so uh but you know like we said before he's been head coach assistant head coach coaching waiting uh he's been about every kind of coach you want uh stage coach uh. <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of when somebody when whoever the reporter was asked that question he's like You've been this, you've been that. He goes, yeah, I've been called a lot of things. <laughs> I just about fell down. I'm like, he, he's funny. He had us rolling. Well, we, we got some questions here. We, we've got this. You did a good job with the, with the sound bites there. Is that the last one? 
that's it. Uh, before we get to the questions, though, I want to tell everybody that today is Tuesday, and it's normally when you we talk on Tuesdays about your pie, we're like, go order your pizzas from your pie, order your uh, salad, order your uh, sandwich, order whatever you want from your pie. Do it on Tuesday because you get double points on their app. The free apps result in free pizzas and such. Um, it's a little late, 8.45. might be a little tough to get an order in today, but you have the whole week. But when you get a chance to order, be it late tonight, Tomorrow, next week, Saturday, there's a couple pizzas out there. I want you to try, a couple of new things I want you to try uh, from your pie, especially that Cubano pizza, the one that has the uh, olive oil, the mozzarella cheese, the ham, bacon, spicy uh, Dijonese sauce, the Texas Pete hot sauce on it, uh, feta cheese, pickles. Oh, and their house pickled jalapenos. I just want a jar of those. I don't need much, Drew French. Just give me a jar of those so I can eat them on all my stuff. You know, they're really, really good. And, of course, my for myself, everyone knows I'm a key lime pie guy. They have a key lime cream pie gelato over there that I have not had a chance to try yet. I just saw it the other day. Key lime cream pie gelato. I'm going to have to check that out. So point being, uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on at your pie. Uh, if you can't get over there on a Tuesday, try any other day of the week. But always remember to use the app to get your orders in quickly. Uh, also want to mention our friends over at, uh, Athens Ford. They sponsor this website. They sponsor the watch along show that we do. They sponsor the podcast. So without them, we'd be in a world of hurt, but they take great care of us. They also take great fit, great care of their customers. So whenever you have a chance and you need a new or pre-owned vehicle, swing by uh, Athens Ford and some of the reviews they get, there was one, uh, uh, person sent one in and says, I met uh, Jesus when another dealership did not meet my expectations. The first time he didn't have what I wanted, but he but he did not try to push me towards something else, which my wife and I really appreciated. That is what brought us back within an hour to look and buy a truck that we didn't know we wanted, but fell in love with. Everyone we came in contact with a, was a very pleasant uh, experience, and we did not feel pressured to do anything. One of the best buying experiences we have ever had. That's via dealer rater. That's somebody writing about uh, Jesus over at the Athens Ford. So when you get a chance. That's the type of uh, reviews you will see all over their uh, deal ratings. So check it out. And if you want to see that uh, Ford F-150 Lightning, the demo, they have one in the showroom right now. So you can go check out the uh, uh, the EV, the uh, battery-powered uh, F-150 uh, Lightning demo. And, of course, if you want a 2023 uh, standard uh, F-150, now's the time to go get on the wait list over there because uh, – you can go ahead and put your order in on one. So hit up uh, Athens Ford when you get a chance. Question from Jason G17. What are things that coaches do from year to year to make fall camp different? Ooh, good one. Well, you got to keep your interest up. That's for sure. Uh, because it is a grind. I mean, there's no, way, there's no easy way out about it. I mean, it, you kind of lose your uh, sense of uh, time. You just look such you, you're filling out scripts and you're watching the tape of the night before, the day before, and then you're starting over again. And the players, like tonight, they finish practice and then they go eat and then they have two special teams meetings and then they have the speaker, I think Shep, speaking to them tonight. And then they have, uh, you know, the installation of the next day and then they go, tomorrow they're moving out of the dorm. I think tomorrow's their day off. And they'll have, still have a couple of meetings, but 
you try to keep their attention up and, you know, change, change up the practice a little bit, maybe have, instead of doing a certain part, maybe play an overtime at the end of practice or just do two-point plays or, uh, you know, Saturday after practice, they're going to have a watermelon for everybody. That's something we started a tradition here 25 years ago, and they've done it every year since. And they'll have the watermelon for them after practice, and uh, they all go down there. It's kind of morale. And then sometimes they'll have an ice cream truck come by there, and then, some days they'll have some go-go girls. No, they don't have that. Uh, <laughs> Not keep up interest. It's uh, it's just uh, it's a grind, and you, you know everybody. I used to tell our players when they started feeling sorry for themselves. Hey, I'm sure Florida and Tennessee aren't practicing today. You know they're taking the day off. <laughs> I mean, don't give yourself too much credit for working hard. You got to do it. You got to prepare yourself for conditioning, and you got to prepare yourself for the for the the different styles of attacks. That's why we're not really talking about Auburn. We're looking at everybody we play here the first couple of weeks, but you got to learn your own system first. And uh, that's what we're doing right now. And we're going good against good too. When we go, when they call up to start practice on any drills, one goes against one. I mean, there's not any pussyfooting around out there. You don't go ones versus threes or two versus three. It's one versus one versus one, two versus two the whole time. It's just gut-wrenching. That keeps your attention. That's why you want Oscar – I mean, uh, Brock Bowers to go home for a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, I was just kidding about that. But uh, I tell you one thing that they do, morale. I mean, the first night they had steak and lobster. The night Last night they had uh, crab legs and prime rib. I mean, they keep them going there with some pretty good groceries, too. That doesn't hurt. From Pete Tech One, you have you seen know that if you watched any other show? Would you wonder what they had to eat? No, nobody would know that. I usually I know, know what movie they're watching based on Roddy's three two one report. Well, is he having a movie this week? They go on Friday night or are they going out? I don't know if a three two one report's happened yet. But no, but they well, they will probably practice it. Remember the last two years yeah, they before the practicing practicing the real but the, they, they might not do it this week. They might not do it this week because they've been in the dorm anyhow, but but they might do it just to make sure they're all together and not worried about getting anything happening the night before the scrimmage. You know, they could probably go watch Who Messed in My Saddlebag starring Victor Manure. But, uh, <laughs> question, from, question from Pete. It's a terrible joke. From Pete Tech One, have you seen any walk-ons not named Dan Jackson or Stetson Bennett that might make an impact? I will remind you, Pete Tech One, Stetson Bennett, not a walk-on anymore. I don't think, I don't think Jackson is either. Uh, you know, there's some good-looking kids out there that that aren't. Uh, I don't know what this collective and the. I mean, we we got Kirby said we had 95 people getting some kind of uh, at at SEC media days getting some kind of uh, NIL. So I'm sure that's applied toward their scholarship. So I, I haven't anybody in particular, I can't mention anybody because I haven't really watched practice, but I don't know. Do you know any, Roddy? I would go with uh, Mikai, Mikai Muse, M-E-W-S. Receiver. That guy's been showing up a lot. Again, it's, you know, it's only the time that we're out there. But. Is he number 83? 
I'd have to go back and look him up. I, just I think they raised that kid from Prince, maybe. I don't yeah, and uh, but I saw Luke Bennett out there doing a little bit of stuff. You know, uh, the younger Muse brother, eighty-seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's his name has popped up a lot just from the drills that we've been watching. So that's a guy who I'm kind of interested, in. especially remember you saw how well uh, Savon Clark did last year and how he kind of stepped up there and. Uh, yeah, you'll see that Saturday. They got they got to have some more receivers step up, and just because you can't, you don't have enough to give it scrimmage. And he'll have one versus one, two versus two, and then threes will go. They'll scrimmage the heck out of threes because they want to see how these guys are doing, you know, to evaluate the freshmen. So, and it takes a little heat off the first team where they're not just going out there the whole time. So, yeah. you'll see. I mean, probably. And then you add the uh, where all the people get all fired up. Well, they threw four touchdown passes. Well, they were all ten yard passes in the red zone when they're practicing in the practice. So hopefully they'll throw some uh, Saturday, some long balls. From Dog Bite You says in the closing seconds of the nineteen ninety seven oh, game at Tennessee. What was Coach Donnan yelling at Phil Fulmer? And did Fulmer actually hear him? Coach D's face was red. Coach was also upset earlier in the game after a fake field goal a couple yards short on fourth and long. I was yelling at him for running up the score. The game was over, and they were checking off, throwing the ball. I just didn't think they needed to be doing that, and I let him know what I thought about it. (laughs) It's a big deal because they say his daughter was walking out there with him. And I didn't say anything really that bad word-wise, but uh, I was mad about it. And, you know, people have yelled at me before for doing stuff like that. But, uh, hey, that's – good Lord, what is that, 1997? Yeah. Yeah, we like to know what the what was actually said that we don't hear about, you know. So. I said <laughs> – <laughs> Because they said we had the guy in motion toward the line of scrimmage, and he wasn't. Charlotte Dogs says, Coach, what's your national top five heading into the season? Basketball or football? (laughs) North Carolina would be in basketball. It's a rebuilding year for them. Uh, Although their NIL stepped up to get some of those guys to come back. I think, uh, you know, any combination of, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Uh, those four, probably Baylor, maybe. Uh, th- th- those are the five that really kind of catch my attention. Simplicity asks, is Lad McConkey in the same mold as Hunter Renfro physically? Uh, and then he also asks, can Munden and Johnson be the guys? Those are tough shoes to fill. I think he's better than Renfro from a speed perspective. I don't know if he's as strong. Uh, and he's continue, he, He's a little different route runner because most of the stuff that Hunter did was underneath, whereas, uh, whereas uh, Ladd is a, more of a deep uh, slot going down the middle, busting the coverage if they free safety overplays. And, uh, but he can run the crossing route. Excuse me, and he's good on the bubble screens. He's so quick. You know, he. Uh, I said this before, and I'll say it again. He could have played on any team I ever coached anywhere. Lamb could have played at Oklahoma, Marshall, Florida State, North Carolina, Missouri. Georgia. I mean, he's a player. I mean, and 
Monkey Tony too. I mean, we got him in mid. Excuse me. I tell you, number number eight, Blaylock, having a big fall. If he can keep it up, he's going to be big help to us. From Jayfields ninety three, coach, how many touchdowns do you think Stetson will throw this year? I'm thinking somewhere between eighteen and thirty three. Which well, one's the score? Is that all? I mean, why don't you narrow it down a little bit? Say, because that's the national championship final score for I would say over I would say over thirty in the first three games. Uh no uh, <laughs> I, I would say close to thirty just because we got you know, he threw five against uh UAB in the first half. Uh I think we can have a lot of big balls. I mean, just because as we mentioned last week, you get play actions where you make all your money on the big touchdowns. I think we'd be a great play action team. Let's Let's go go games is at least 24. So what's that? So if you're just doing throwing two a game, you're going to get 24 and then you get the rest of the, you know, hopefully a SEC championship game, a playoff game, you know, a national title game. Now you're looking at just a minimum two passes and we're at 30 right there. So it adds up quick. I'd say 30. Let's, uh, Ask that Dumas Johnson uh, smile Mondin question. Oh yeah, I, both those guys are just uh, really technicians. They know the defense. Uh, Mondin, as Kirby has mentioned, is one of the better athletes we've had here. The guy's angular; he can really run. He's not as big as Clay Walker, but uh, he's got the same kind of speed as Roquan. Uh, Soy Roquan's asking to get traded. He, he he didn't think they're coming with the money for him. So, but uh, Munden is just a really good athlete. And Walker, man, he's he's thick and can run too. We we got a good linebacker room. Yeah, I think it was. Go, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Because we're after this, we're going to do a speed round and get through some stuff. And then we have a fun question at the end. I okay, Smile um, was one of the guys that when people would look at Nicobe Dean and they're like, oh, he's a little small. You don't say that about smile. That, that's, that's a big no. boy. And uh, to be able to run like I don't know that he's as fast as those guys. You know, coach, you know better than I do. But when you look at him, that's it. And everybody talks about uh, Dumas Johnson, Pop, as they call him, being a smart guy. And remember, he broke on the scene last year with that little leaked video of him jumping up and snatching an interception out of the air. And then, of course, he had uh, what one or two during the season. So, yeah, he's uh, one in the house. But he's yeah. just he knows he's got an eye for the ball. He can. And exactly. whoever's lining up behind Carter is going to look good. Look great, yeah. All right, Coach, let's get some quick answers here, and then we'll end with over, the fun one. I mean, with all the things I've ever said on this program, I, I just cannot overstate the ability that that guy has as a football player. I mean, he's in the – I guess you have 100 percentile. He's in the one percentile of football players I've ever been around anywhere. Jesus. He just man child. You got a bunch of Hall of Famers, coach. Uh, I mean he's oh he's got a reason. He's got to do that, but uh he's very just quick, play tight end. I'm looking for him to catch a couple touchdowns. Running right, tight quick, end first. Quick answers from here. And yes, I am gonna go back into the YouTube comments and get some of those real fast too. Um this these this is a flurry from Dog KC. How's the punter looking? He's, no, I, he's good, mate. He's good. He's good. All right. 
Uh, would Georgia be kicking it through the end zone all year, or was were we spoiled last season? We're not. We're not as good at that at this point. But uh, you know, we're we're getting better at it. But uh, he had Thunderfoot there and Jake Jamar. I mean, he was just money in the bank. Alabama's offensive weapons and offensive line upgrade or downgrade this year? I think their lines. Still a little suspect, but based on what I've read about them, uh, they lost Devin Neal, their best player. Uh, you know, we lost Sawyer and Schaffer, Schaefer. But uh, as far as receivers, you know, our best receiver is listed as their – I mean, not one of our receivers that that we would have been one of our best is listed as their best, and they got a transfer from uh, Louisville who's really fast, uh, and they got a couple young guys that, that they're really – I think it's somebody you got to watch for them is that second-team quarterback. I watched them the other day in the spring game, that Milrow kid. 6'2", 215, looks like Jason, looks a lot like Ertz. Uh, I'm logging off because you're going to talk about backup quarterbacks at Alabama. I don't, I don't, I don't need that uh, stress. Coach. No, I'm just saying, though, I mean, I was, I, was, I was not glad to see him. Oh, no. He, he's going to help them. He's a good player. And then they got the kid from Tennessee that was highly recruited. But uh, it's going to be – I mean, we'll have to see how it rolls out, but uh, their defense will definitely be better. I mean, you got Will Anderson and Battle and a lot of those players. Uh, Kool-Aid. We'll see how it works, but we we got 12 games to get ready for them. Can Ohio State have a legit defense in year one due to adding a, a good defensive coordinator, according to Doug KC, or does it take longer to turn it around? I, I think he's – a little bit of the coordination of the defense is important. Players make the difference, though. But they were just schemed out. You look at the Oregon game last year, they had no run support into the boundary, and they just killed them. Uh, you know, it's just a technical error there. I mean, just you, you got to have somebody playing, playing option football in the boundary against a good option team. And uh, they just got schemed out, and then they lost a lot of confidence, and then got killed by Michigan, so uh, they made the change, brought in Jim Knowles, who's a lifer. I mean, the guy was a head coach in the in the uh, Ivy League for a long time, and then he got his break and uh, got a chance to coach at Oklahoma State and had some good players, particularly in the secondary, and they took a lot of chances. And, hey, Oklahoma State, any way you look at it last year, beat Oklahoma and Notre Dame in the same year. And that really chaps my butt that they could help. <laughs> I, know, listen, I know you're mad. But, you know, that, that was a great year for him. And he, he parlayed down into a really good job late in his career. He's going to be up there with Ryan Day, who, anyway, you speak at, is one of the real brilliant offensive coaches in the country. I mean, the guy's had tremendous success with different quarterbacks. He played quarterback for Brian Kelly at, I mean, for Chip Kelly at uh, New Hampshire and then followed him out to. San Francisco as a pro coach, and then he got that job working for Urban Meyer, and then took over as a as a head coach. And they they got CJ Stroud, and got all those receivers, and they got that great back. I mean, that back is money. Whew. So uh, they're going to be hard to beat, but they got a tough opener. They play Notre Dame right off the bat, and uh, I think Notre Dame plays Ohio State and Michigan right off the bat. So. Good for Marcus, them. And Marcus Freeman gonna find out what it's like to be zero and three, maybe because he mm-hmm. lost the bowl game. 
Let's uh, mow through some YouTube and Facebook comments before we wrap. I do have one fun question from the Ben at the end. Uh, Billy Harley says, please pass along a big coach, a big thanks to Coach Donnan for making my first Georgia-Florida game a memorable one. It was 1997, 37-17. I've never seen a grown man cry over sports. Until then, huge win. Hey, that's great, Billy. I'm glad you're there. And a friend of mine, Mike Cheek, brought me a picture uh, last week of when that – that was the fall that were, they were building my house and uh, some of the neighbors put the Florida Georgia score on my house, uh, you know, before they put the brick on, you know, and it's, I, I forgot about that, but I saw that picture, that score pretty cool, you know, way to go coach dogs, 37 Gators, 17 or something like that. Uh, I love his handle. Dane Young tolerates Nickelback asks, how are we feeling about we, Javon Bullard? Bullard's got some got some good uh, love in the spring. It didn't say general manager. It just said <laughs> this is a joke from the Sunday show that I was on with Paul and Roddy joined too, and Jason Butt was on there. But Dan Young tolerates Nickelback. They and had to take the name to do that. All I right, said well, it. I so Bullard, them. Bullard Jacory Thomas, they, they're going to get in there, but I think Stark's got a little head start on them as far as ability, but uh, you got Jackson and Smith. Uh, well, we got a lot better situation for safety now. And then, of course, Tyke Smith, there's a paradox there. Is he going to play star or is he going to play safety? So Poole or Jackson, depending on which one he plays, is going to have a dogfight for his job. Scott Setlef says, hello, coach, from Herd Nation. Herd Nation, this is coming in from uh, Marshall. Yeah, uh, that's the only herd I know. What did he say? Just said, hello, coach. Jim Donnan from Herd Nation. From hey, good to hear from you. Nice to hear. Have you heard anything? No, go ahead. Foster Moss asked, how is Lightsey doing? EJ Lightsey. Well, you know, he had that injury in uh, where he was had an unfortunate deal where he was shot, and then he got here and he hurt his knee a little bit. So he's still a little bit behind the eight ball. He and uh, Marset. Uh, have some injuries that are keeping him back a little bit, but uh, he's very fast. Uh, I think he, he'll have to be special teams because he's missing too many reps. We did we did see him going up against uh, Savon Clark today, trying to cover Savon Clark, and uh, he got beat on it. But his knee coach, who was right there to talk to him about what he how to fix that, Glenn Schumann. Okay, good job, Glenn. Dodge County Dog says, thanks for doing this time frame. I actually get to watch live. Uh, my grandparents live down in Cary, so thanks for watching down there in the Eastman area. Good job. Uh, Trent Stevens says, just want to say thank you, Coach, for doing these shows every week. It's great to hear your perspective. Uh, he says, if you ever want a home-cooked meal in Athens, you're welcome at his house anytime. <laughs> okay, where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> Trent, give us hey, Roddy's tired of feeding me. Uh, <laughs> You know, when I first uh, when, when I first lost my wife, I had a lot of uh, ladies dropping off casseroles over here. They haven't been doing that much anymore. Yeah, we we need to run the uh, put out the casserole bat lights. You know, like they do for Batman. Pic- picture of a corning dish. You know, hey, go cheat the casserole. I don't know if they when they drop it off, you're supposed to ask them inside or what, what the deal is. So I never did invite anybody in. So maybe that's what I was losing. On. So go ahead. 
All right, this is this oh, is the final. Hilarious at this time. What is it? Nine o'clock. Yeah, well, I was saving the best for last because I saw this question, and you may not have a decent answer for it, Coach, but I at least have to find out. It's a longer question. This is from Rex Farrell over on the Dogland. He says, Coach Donnan, the Hall of Fame NC State basketball coach Everett Case back in the 1950s would start every year with the team meeting demanding that if players were caught hanging out at the players' retreat, it's a bar near campus, that they would be kicked off the team for the rest of the year. After the team meeting with the players, Case would tell the assistant coaches not to go to the players' retreat bar during the season because he didn't want to have to kick any players off of the team. He says, being a star quarterback at NC State in the 60s, give us your best players' retreat story. And for Dogs fans who are unfamiliar, the players' retreat is very similar to the Nowhere Bar or Pool Har, cheap drinks, etc. Well, there's no way you can top this story on the players' retreat. I mean... We had two guys that lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that uh, needed to go home for Christmas. And uh, they were trying to figure out they couldn't get a bus, they couldn't do anything. And they had this one guy that was their friend. But uh, they told the friend that uh, they need to, bar- you know, hey, we need to borrow your car. And uh, so he took your car and uh, he thought they were just borrowing the car for a little while. And they drove up to Pittsburgh and came back after Christmas break. So What? That was a player's retreat store. I mean, I mean, this guy looking for his car there up in Pittsburgh with it. So uh, that was that was a classic. <laughs> guy goes into a bar, you know. They say, "Hey, guy goes into a bar with his car and leave, the guy's leaving." So uh, they, were, they were up on the balcony and said, "Hey, can we borrow your car for a minute?" And he said, "Yeah, here it is. They can pick it off." That's like that's like straight out of Animal House. <laughs> hey, that that was uh, and. Uh, Another guy that used to hang out with players retreat all the time was just a really good guy. But he was not a very good player, but he was, you know, always had all these stories and everything. Well, he went on for Christmas, um, Easter break, I think, and he was riding back on the plane with uh, this uh, elderly lady who was a nice lady. And they were, she was talking to him, well, you're a football player and blah, blah, blah. And, they started talking, and he, he said, yeah. And she, she said, well, what do you think of the coach? And he said, well, I don't like him. He's not much of a – you know, he doesn't treat me right. I haven't got to play much, blah, blah, blah. And then when they walked off the plane, Coach Edwards was saying hello to his wife. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that, needless to say, he never got a chance from that the rest of the time. And, well, I thought uh, that was a good question to end the show on. And – did I, did I tell you the Roman Gabriel story on the players' retreat? No, but I'm going to hear it now. Well, Roman Gabriel, I just saw where he was 82 years old, and he was a great quarterback in the pros and at NC State, five years ahead of me. And back in the days, they used to have a training table on Sunday night. And uh, when uh, Earl decided that Earl was our coach, that – he wanted the married players to come over there and eat and watch tape or film of the games. And so the players would come over there. And uh, so Earl gets up in front of the team and says, I don't think it's fair for the married players to get a check for their money and get to eat here. So we're going to start taking money out of your checks for you eating on Sunday night. And uh, without even blinking, Roman stands up and says, no, you're not. And just like that, and nobody ever talked back to Earl. And Earl said, well, 
Well, uh, we'll discuss it later. So <laughs> <laughs> well, Roman stood up to Earl, and uh, that was it. So that's a lot of player retreat stories for you. So the rest of the rest of the world knew when they went over to players retreat on that Sunday night. Everybody's giving Roman, "Hey, how could you stand up to Earl like that?" You know. All right. I love that. That's good. New, I've been doing this show for a few years. Y'all have done it longer than me. I get these new stories from Coach every time. Like it's it's what makes it special. That's you should drive cool. to South Carolina to speak to a uh, bulldog club over there. My one regret, I'll be on my deathbed. I'll be like, damn it, I should have had a recorder going the whole time Coach Donald was talking. <laughs> Where was that? When we went to South Carolina, you spoke to the, spoke to the bulldog club over there. Oh yeah, that was a down in not, uh, uh, not Bulldog Club touchdown Anderson, club. Anderson, yeah. Touchdown club, my apologies. Talking about Frank Howard. <laughs> yes. We went to the game down there and Frank came over to our practice and Y'all aren't gonna run that scissors play, are you? Our boys are up there working on it right now. This is a coach of another team and we're out there practicing. <laughs> And he called Coach Edwards midnight. He said, the only time I ever see you is after midnight. <laughs> I love it. All right, sports fans. Well, I hope everybody liked this 9 o'clock show, 8 o'clock show. That'll be 9.30 if we don't wrap it. Yeah, we're going to have to go. But, yeah, that barely did. We got a ton of people watching the show today. That's insane. Yeah, I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did. How many subscri- subscribers are you up to now? We are up to almost 28,000. We're the biggest Georgia YouTube site out there. And uh, I'm giving you zero credit for that, Coach. I don't deserve any. You guys do all the shows. I just come up for this one. But we are going to have that around the league show, aren't we? We are bringing it back for uh, for the fall. It'll be our third season where uh, me, you, and Brent Rollins talking about SEC football. Uh, A couple sponsorship opportunities there if people want to hop in. Yeah, we, we can use one one or two more. Speaking of, we may have a new sponsor for this show from Prime Shrimp. So I'm checking them out. I got the, uh, some the shrimp to bring you, Coach. If you like them, then we'll bring them on as a sponsor. Are you serious? Yeah. That's good. That's good. I love shrimp. So y'all stay tuned, and we'll see if we can get some sort of a promo code from them, at least for our, uh, our watchers. So anyway, folks, want to say shout-out to everybody who watched the show today. Big uh, – Thanks to Athens Ford, Europi, Academia Brewing Company, and Dead Soxy. If you like this show, please hit up our advertisers and let them know that you heard about them from the UGA Sports Pod podcast with Coach Donna. It means a lot to us. Anyway, we will be back next Tuesday with uh, more insider practice. This guy asked me why I didn't tell a joke. I did have a Bill Clinton joke, but maybe we'll just wait till next time. Yeah, <laughs> we'll hold off until next time, Coach. No, because yeah, well, I forgot to tell it, so I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll. we'll We'll have to put in a, uh, a joke of the week with Coach Donald in there. But you yeah. told so many good stories that had us laughing. We, those, okay. are, those are pretty good, too. Anyway, tune in next Tuesday, folks. We will see you then. Take care.